NCAA tournament's over. Now we look towards the draft. And guess what? Darren Cohn's a coach. Or a scout. by Coach and a scout. So I'm going to give you three players. And since you're a scout, obviously, you probably scout these players. And tell me uh, what you think they'll do at the next level. We'll start off with the player of the year, Jalen Brunson. What do you think? Do you think he'll be in the league or will he be like his dad and be a journeyman? I mean, he'll be in the league yeah. and actually be a star or he'll be more of a journeyman. Yeah, I, I think more so the latter. I think Brunson's a player that that's a, that he's built in the mold to be a tremendous college player, uh, but his game isn't necessarily going to translate um, – to be an elite NBA player, I think he'll 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 stick around for. Um, matter of fact, I was on a show uh, two or three days ago, and my, my what my exact quote was: expect him to play two to five years around the NBA, and expect him to be similar in your mindset to a Jordan Farmar. Um, yeah. You know, his his game's not quite the same um, as as the prototypical pro guard. You know, with his post up game, you know, Mark. Some, you know, people have compared him to Mark Jackson, but he doesn't have necessarily the speed and passing ability. Um, it doesn't have elite size, but, you know, I don't know that he'll have to do the D league route, you know, maybe the first year, um, you know, I think he'll, because of his pedigree right now, he'll probably get an early look. Um, but I, I don't expect him being a, a, a an all-star or a 10 year guy in the league. No, I don't. What about Mo Wagner? What? As some people are saying, should he come out? Should he stay? Uh, Frank's, I think, I don't know if you heard it or not, cause I know you've been watching the Facebook live, but, his second coming of Dirk Nowitzki, I think you need to pump the brakes on that one. Yeah, you know, Frank's a hockey guy. We know that. So that's why. <laughs> but, but, you know, Mo's really good, and he's a hot name right now. And, you know, just to put this in perspective, only a couple short months ago, prior to the Big Ten tournament, Mo Wagner was considered a late second-round pick on the NBA draft boards. matter of fact, I, I believe he was between the 45 and 48 pick uh, range on all the pre-draft boards and now he's you know moved up almost a whole round and considered a late first round type guy i'm not so sure that he's going to come out um mo is a guy that loves loves college and he loves the environment and he loves john beeline and i and i think he really loves that experience so i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy that doesn't come out now from a business perspective and, and you know me i'm always pro staying in school but from a business perspective I'm not so sure that it's not right for him to come out right now. And, and I'll give you a very close to home example. You know, he could, he, he's, he, his biggest weakness is his mobility and his lateral movement. And, you know, he's not going to become a whole lot more agile and, and, and light of foot um, in the next six, eight months of, of conditioning and training. That's not going to change a whole lot. But because of their run, and if he's moved up almost 30 spots, at least on the pseudo draft boards, you know, he's a pretty hot name right now. And we saw this, you know, potentially happen with Nigel Hayes, uh, you know, early in his career when he was considered a first rounder and he stayed and people got to, you know, even analyze him even further in his game, though he's a winner and he's tough and he can play and he's a champion, but his game didn't change much more. And he ended up not even getting drafted. And I think, you know, that's sort of a very similar parallel that, that Wagner mm-hmm. could be um, experiencing if he stays. But it's not going to surprise me if he stays. His mom, I think, is pro him staying. Like I said, he loves being a college kid. And you can see it with his, with his charisma and, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the joy and jubilation he has about not just winning, but about being a part of that environment. So his choice is going to be a tough one. Um, he'd be one of the one of the rare kids that I would say, hey, you might need to make that jump now. Um, but like I said, 
It's not going to surprise me if he doesn't. So basically, the hit the pan while it's hot theory, because if you stay, you might hurt your chances, and you might as well go, because this might be the highest you can get, which is a tough I mean, spot. It is, it is the, a tough spot. The, the, the pretty girl doesn't usually offer to go to prom with you twice, you know what I mean? You, you... <laughs> That's a good theory. I never heard that one. <laughs> You got you got to be ready to go with the prom queen when she asks. She's not going to come back twice, so we'll you know we'll see. Mm, wow, that, that that's a good theory though. Now the last thing with college basketball, and then we kind of move on. Um, Jay Wright, where do you rank him as a coach? And does it look does it feel is it a feel good story to see that you can win with players who are really invested with the program and want to develop than the one and done guys and some of that headaches that come with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's different, there's obviously, you know, kind of two different tracks that a lot of the elite coaches are taking nowadays. And really, I think, you know, a lot of people have always, you know, seen Jay Wright as kind of that flashier John Calipari, you know, Bill Self type of guy. But in recent years, he's he's had guys that have stayed and have not, not been McDonald's All-Americans and have developed and, and been veterans. And, you know, now he's won two championships, uh, which is more than, you know, some of the guys that are considered elite. Now, in the coaching profession, Jay Wright's been considered elite for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Villanova being on the East Coast doesn't get the, the publicity here in the Midwest True. as much, but he certainly has become uh, much more of a national a national figure. So, I mean, he, he, he gets it done. Uh, he's one of the few uh, BCS head coaches that I don't, I don't have a personal relationship with, so I don't really know him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always, he's always been a worker, and he just does a great job of getting guys out of them New England prep schools. And, um, and that, he has nice suits, $5,000 suits. Oh, he, he's extremely well-dressed. He's extremely well-dressed. But he just he's done a good job. Of, and, and I think here, here's been the, the turning point of the spectrum. He has become the premier East Coast school in terms of recruiting, where he's, he's taken over what UConn used to do. Like UConn used to own the premier prep schools up in the New England area and get all the elite players. And then Syracuse would get the the rest. But Calhoun had like a, a stranglehold on those prep schools and then Bayheim and Jay Wright has taken that over and been the premier guy of getting the guys out of those top seven or eight prep schools that are all basically up in the New England States. So, you know, and I don't see them going anywhere. I don't see him leaving for another job. Um, in college basketball, and I don't see you know them them slipping on the recruiting front anytime soon. So uh, you, you can anticipate Villanova being a top ten program for for the years to come. Yeah, and he said he had to kind of change up his uh, his setup there because uh, I think a few years ago he did try to get the elite guys, and the the, the program kind of bottomed out. So he had to kind of change that up a little bit. 